Hey there. Welcome to Mountain Meister. This is your host, Ben Shank. This past summer, I had the opportunity to join a Summit for Someone climb of Mount Langley to benefit big city mountaineers. This is part one of three in this series. Part two will be released tomorrow and part three the next day. On the climb, I carried a portable recording device to capture the moments on the mountain. You'll hear this content mixed in with other parts of the entire experience. You can find any links and relevant resources on our website, mtnmeister.com. Today is March 19th, 2015, and I just got an email saying I am officially confirmed to go to Mount Langley with Summit for Someone this July. Mount Langley is a mountain in the southern Sierra's 14,000-foot peak, and that's about all I know about it. I also don't have any of the gear that I need. Uh, I don't think that I'm properly trained for it. I've never done a multi-day expedition before, if this is called an expedition, or if it's called a hike or a climb or a backpack. I have no idea. The only thing that I do know something about is Summit for Someone. I originally heard about it in our 17th episode of Mountain Meister, and to know Summit for Someone, you have to know about Big City Mountaineers. We spoke with the then executive director, Jeff Weedman. And we like to say that what we do is provide a transformational experience. And what that does is, is changes the way they look at life, changes the way they look at each other, and changes the way they view themselves as far as what they can accomplish and what they can't accomplish. Um, the trips are they're rigorous. Uh, they're not easy. Big City Mountaineers takes underserved kids that have lived in the city for their entire lives to the wilderness. A typical BCM kid has never been away from home uh, for an overnight, uh, has never been out of four or five city blocks. And they are chosen by the, by the youth agency that we partner with as candidates for this trip. And we take five kids out with five adults. So it's one to one. In these really intensive wilderness mentoring expeditions, BCM is able to instill critical life skills like communication and leadership and teamwork. They're not used to depending on each other. Uh, and in the case of these trips, they have to do a lot of teamwork to get from point A to point B. Uh, the second one and the biggest one is that they, they've never had a positive adult role model in most cases. Hmm. And here's, here's a situation where there's five of them and five adults who are volunteers, and they depend on these adults to get them through this trip and to help them learn these new skills. And, and for the first time, they, they have somebody they can look up to. Hearing stories like this reminds me of how lucky I am. It also makes me want to help out. That's when Jeff told us about Summit for Someone. Let's say one of you wanted to climb a classic peak in North America, if it was Rainier Hood or... or Mount Langley, Jeff. Whatever. Uh, you could sign on for Summit for Someone. We'd give you a fundraising page uh, on our website that's very automated. Uh, you would be required to raise at least $4,000 in donations. Uh, you would do the trip. We would provide the guide service and all the expense associated with that. And then you get a bunch of free gear to boot um, hmm. that's donated by manufacturers. Summit for Someone provides us with about $650,000 a year. One year after Jeff utters those words, I'm booked for a Summit for Someone climb. 
The problem is, like I said before, I have no idea what I'm doing. To be honest, though, this isn't the first time that I've utilized this strategy. When we started Mountain Meister, I knew absolutely nothing about how to host a podcast. When I signed up for my first marathon back in November, the longest distance I had ever run was six miles. Some people probably think this is foolish and maybe a little short-sighted, but it's worked for me so far, and it kind of forces me to do whatever I say I'm going to do. So I sign up for something, and I have no choice but to do it. You're going to drive up to the trailhead, which is at Horseshoe Meadows, and it's a high trailhead. It's actually about 10,000 feet. That's Kurt Wedberg, lead guide for Sierra Mountaineering International. They were our guide outfitter for the trip, and we had a summit for someone team call with them where we covered everything, gear, training, itinerary, and questions that everybody wonders, but sometimes they don't ask. Uh, What is appropriate for tipping the guides and uh, about going to the bathroom out there and how does that work and, you know, what are my chances of summiting sort of a thing? And, And it's a lot of that is weather dependent. But uh, it's a very pretty hike. It starts off actually going downhill slightly and passes a backcountry camp along the way, and then it'll cross a creek and then slowly kind of make its way through some pine tree forests. And then uh, as it gets a little higher, it'll open up into some, some green meadows. Then eventually you will get Um, to answer your earlier question, Sarah, I believe that's the summit. Yeah. Yeah. Right there? Yep. Yeah, that's our peak. Yeah. Like, right now, it's like, okay. Looks like it's right there. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes? Right there. Yeah. Oh, we're not summiting today? Wow. So how much higher is that than, how, what's the elevation difference between where we are right now? Camp to summit is 2,500 feet of gain. The trail going in to Mount Langley, it's, you're going to camp probably somewhere around the Cottonwood Lakes, and you have a few options of places to camp. Uh, Sometimes I camp around Lake 4, and sometimes I'll go a little higher up to a lake called High Lake. It's a walk that'll take somewhere in the neighborhood of five hours or so. All right, making our way up to our campsite for the night. It is... Almost five o'clock. Made a pretty good time. Beautiful day. Blue skies, perfectly blue. And the anticipation builds as I think we're going to approach a beautiful blue lake where we'll be camping for the night. Joining our Summit for Someone team was another team climbing for a cause. Team Kiss the Sky. They raised $50,000 for diabetes research in tribute to their friend, daughter, and sister, Kate Noble. As they put it on top of Mount Langley, take that, diabetes. On our Summit for Someone team, we had myself, Sarah Banfield. I actually read about it in Backpacker Magazine, and it just stuck out to me. I love hiking, and then I went to school to be a teacher. Just the fact that it gives back to kids and get them out into the wilderness so it's just just the hiking part plus helping kids i mean it was a win-win on both ends 
and a fellow by the name of Stephen Reinhold, who's a big city mountaineer's ambassador. Stephen's got a smooth southern accent and always seems to find the right thing to say. Remember when I said earlier that I didn't know anything about Mount Langley? Here's a fun little uh, Mount Langley fact. I don't know how much research you've done on it, but the uh, the guy that Mount Langley was named after was actually one of the inventors of the Standard Time Zone. Really? Was, uh, Samuel, yeah, Samuel Pierport Langley. He worked with the railroads when the railroads uh, first developed in the United States, and they didn't really have a need for like an international time before then. But then once the railroads you know started running to to different cities, they had to be exactly on time or else they'd cause wrecks. So he sold standard time to the railroad companies for years and made like a fortune doing it. And then... Uh, Since Stephen was able to school me with Mount Langley history, I thought he might be able to help out with training too. Turns out this isn't his first summit for someone climb. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Mount Langley will actually be my fourth summit for someone climb. Wow. Uh, I've done Mount Whitney, Mount Shasta, and the Grand Teton. Um, all those within... Uh, about the last uh, three-year span. Wow, nice. It's It's been incredible, for sure. So what do you, I guess I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm too, too nervous about training, but um, I, I've run, um, I'm going on a big hike in New Hampshire this weekend. I've hiked before, obviously. Um, what have you been doing to train? My real job is uh, a stonemason. I do all oh, kinds cool. of, of types of construction, but stonemasonry of late. So. Uh-huh. It kind of works out nice, so I get to train uh, during the day. But uh, aside from that, um, hiking is one of the biggest things, really. Hiking with a pack on, you know, simulate the activity you're going to do. I try to do a lot of sprints, actually. Hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not much for long-distance running. I kind of don't have the patience for it. Mm-hmm. But I, I enjoy uh, I enjoy running sprints and, and getting that, that kind of quick exertion. And that actually kind of increases your, your VO2 max and yeah. you be a little more efficient at a, at a higher altitude. After chatting with Steven, I did some uphill sprinting. I also went on that long hike in New Hampshire in the White Mountains. The place is called Bond Cliff, if you're familiar with the area. It's about nine miles from the trailhead to the summit, and we were hoping to leave Boston at a reasonable time on Friday. That didn't happen, and we got to the trailhead at 6.30 at night. Didn't make it to the summit until 11 o'clock at night. Uh, We were wearing headlamps for most of the hike, but it was a ton of fun. And it it probably was more fun because we were faced with that challenge together. I knew one of the guys going into this, uh, and then the other two I had never met before. And the guy that I did know, I had met twice. Uh, And by the end of the trip, I felt like I was good friends with these guys. It's amazing how this kind of stuff brings you closer together. What about gear? Free gear is this taboo topic, or at least it seems like that to me in the outdoors world. You know people get it, uh, but people are a little secretive about their strategies sometimes, and I, I just didn't understand how the whole system worked. So I blasted out some emails, found somebody, Nick Chambers, from Momentum Media and PR. But you were telling me that you do your own trips and you're kind of familiar with the process of getting gear. How do you do it? What do you do? Can you give us your secrets? (laughs) Um, My secrets. I think 
one of the uh, big secrets is knowing who to contact and knowing how to dig up people's email addresses. And I'm not going to reveal how to do that, but <laughs> <laughs> that goes a long way. And the other idea is staying abreast on the whole marketing landscape of the outdoor industry and knowing what companies are aligning with like which causes or what their big initiatives are. You know, Mammut, they're obviously a Swiss company and they're big on Swissness and the Matterhorn and stuff like that. So if I was going to go do some sort of like crazy Matterhorn trip, you know, I might reach out to Mammut. Um, having an understanding of who does what in the outdoor industry and what people's different marketing shticks are and that sort of thing, that goes a long way as well. Nick's company represents a lot of brands in the outdoors industry, including Mammut. They gave me my boots for the trip, the Comfort High GTX Surround. They are new boot for this season from Mammut that uses the Gore-Tex Surround technology, which allows um, for added breathability through basically through the sole of the shoe. So it's full 360 degrees of breathability. Mm-hmm. So your uh, your feet are going to be nice and dry and cool, and uh, you're going to be feeling great in them. Boots, check. Sleeping bag? I want to know why are you choosing to give me this sleeping bag? I'm by no means a professional athlete. What are you getting out of this? Well, I mean, probably most obviously we're getting the opportunity to talk about it today, which is great, and to reach your audience. But, um, you know, we get requests. That's all the time. Jeremy Dodge uh, from Mountain Smith. So you gave me the Arapaho 20 sleeping bag. What should I expect out of this on my trip? I used it a little bit on, on my bed today. I just laid down on my bed, but unfortunately it's 85 degrees in Boston, so it got hot right. quickly. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a 20-degree sleeping bag, right. Ben, so uh, be careful. You don't want to overheat, but uh, <laughs> it's a unique bag, and it has this zipper. We call it the J-Zip that goes you know, about 80% the way down, and right before it gets to the foot box, it you know, takes a left turn at 90 degrees and goes straight across. Uh, and that top part, that's going to have 60% more insulation than underneath you. Um, so by placing the insulation you know, strategically, uh, it allows us to increase the warmth rating without increasing the weight too much. Um, and then that J-zipper, since, you know, it is just going right across, you can unzip that. Uh, it has two zippers. Um, two zipper sliders so you could open it up and ventilate your feet you could stick your feet right out you could open it all the way up um, and just kind of use it more like a pad it's a 20 degree bag but you know on those 50 60 degree nights you should be able to unzip this thing offer a little bit of ventilation and stay cool sleeping bag check for my sleeping pad i talked to katie hughes from big agnes Uh, i'm not exaggerating like amazing yeah, good. I'm I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, it is really for how lightweight it is. It's extremely comfortable. Do you have like a preferred sleeping pad? Is that it? I can't imagine anything better. Absolutely, for backpacking, the Q Core SL is probably one of the best choices you could make. Uh-huh. The the weight of it combined with the stability of the uh, I-beam construction, so it actually stabilizes your body vertically and horizontally across the pad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also, it's three inches thick in the middle and three and a half inches thick on the sides. So it like cradles your body. So when you combine that with a really comfortable sleeping bag, it's really the best backpacking combination um, yeah. that you can have for sure. 
I I was cradled all night. I was sleeping right next to a buddy of mine, uh-huh. uh, but but the pad was cradling me, not, not my buddy. <laughs> um, and I also I, I'm I mean I might be a sampling error because I I sleep so well all the time, but <laughs> and and we had just hiked nine miles and I was really tired, but yeah. but I I slept really well that night. That's nice because, you know, camping can be a crapshoot. I mean, yeah. you know, you can get out there and if you have a bad night's sleep, it can make the whole experience a little rough. So we're all about being comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really, really try to make sure everybody from like the hardcore through hikers to your weekend warriors, you know, setting up like the palatial camp in a mm-hmm. campground are sleeping well at night because it makes the whole camping experience better. Cool. Doesn't that make you feel good about yourself that you're creating like these incredible sleeping products, having people wake up nice and rested? Yeah, because I mean, they become instant fans of the brand. Right. I am. I am. Yeah. People like go crazy when you are out. So all of these companies gave me gear. Thank you. Big Agnes, Mountain Smith, Mammut, Petzl. And thank you to all the companies who provide gear for Summit for Someone Climbers. For this trip, I have a Jansport pack, Soul Custom Footbeds, a Liberty Mountain water bottle, and Smart Wool socks. Listen, all of these companies get their exposure on Mountain Meister, but to be honest, it seems like that's only half the reason they chose to give me gear. It's just awesome to be able to contribute to an effort that's getting kids to experience what we get to experience so often and what, you know, keeps smiles on our faces. And we're really lucky that we get to do it almost every day. And um, when you look at, you know, kids that have never been able to go camping or like catch a fish, you know, I'm, we're, we're just all about supporting that. So, and, you know, if you do any of this stuff in the future, I hope um, you don't hesitate. Another reason is, you know, you're doing this on a Summit for Someone trip, which, you know, we think is so cool and giving young kids the opportunity to experience the outdoors. Um, you know, I had a transformative experience not too long ago where I was talking to a school teacher and uh, she was actually giving a speech to a bunch of people from the outdoor industry and she asked, you know, hey, everybody, you know, if you had your first outdoor camping experience before you're 18, I want you to raise your hand. You know, it's, of course, it's an outdoor industry crowd, just about everyone had their hand up. And then she said, now, if it was someone other than one of your parents that took you outdoors, I want you to keep your hands up. And just about every hand dropped. There was like two people that had someone else that introduced them to outdoor pursuits. Um, and, it, you know, it's just this like eye-opening moment saying, wow, like these organizations like Big, Big City Mountaineers are just so important in giving kids that opportunity um, because I think once kids get outdoors, they go on a camping trip, it's pretty easy to get them hooked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and from then on, you know, they're outdoor enthusiasts. They care a lot more about protecting the environment. Uh, and that's really important to us. So, you know, we're really inspired that you are supporting Big City Mountaineers and doing a Summit for Someone trip. Altitude. Definitely makes me realize how much time I spend at sea level. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I'm paying for it. Going anxiety. You know, it's it's it, we're venturing into the unknown. Like you said, going to altitudes that we haven't been to before. And in our group we had quite a few people that hadn't been this high before. That's Matt Robertson. 
He was our main guide from Sierra Mountaineering, along with Amy Ness and Megan Hammett. Matt has reached 14,000 feet a few times before. He's climbed all of Colorado's 14ers and the highest mountain in South America, Aconcagua, which stands at 22,841 feet. Um, it's scary. It's, it's like going to the moon. It's going somewhere that you've never been before. And altitude affects everyone differently. And you can't really accurately predict how we're going to react to altitude for the first time. So it's stressful. This is Ben Shank checking in from Advanced Base Camp, 23,500 feet. Just kidding. 11,400 feet. The sun is going down. It's funny, my friend Max, when I told him I was doing this trip, said, yeah, I, like, you almost hope that something goes wrong because then you'll have, like, a, a real story and, like, you can build a climax and anticipation and I don't want that at all. But somebody from our camp is throwing up right now. Another person, Sarah, on our Summit for Someone climb is not feeling too well. Headache rated an 8 out of 10. So if that adds to the drama that you need, so far so good. We also are at 11,400, and Langley is over 14,000 feet. We've got a long way to go. And if this is what my head feels like at 11.4, I'm not looking forward to how it's going to feel. You know, and I, I try to, as a guide, I try to um, calm people's fears and anxieties a little bit and take it slow and make sure they're eating and drinking well and resting well. And um, just try to relieve their anxiety as much as possible. Yeah, that was uh, the most uncomfortable part for me during the trip was mm-hmm. that night. What was it, Friday night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was nervous about the next morning. I'm feeling it too. Definitely feel like I can't breathe at times. It's nice sitting down, which is what I'm doing right now. I've also lost all of my appetite, which is very strange if you know me. But I'll probably manage to throw down some. I think we're having pesto tortellini tonight. The guides have been great. They're cooking our meals right now. I just had some chicken noodle soup. Someone else on our climb said she's had the best apple cider she's ever had. Kudos to the guides for making that. All right. Ben, over and out from Advanced Base Camp. I'm Al Langley. All of this stuff kind of brings up an insecurity of mine, and that is that I know that this climb isn't that intense or extreme. And we've talked to all these really extreme people on Mountain Meister, and it just makes me feel a little insignificant uh, so I've been trying to wrap my head around this, and it, it's not intense in absolute terms, but maybe it is in relative terms. This is my first time at this high of altitude, uh, so it's definitely outside of my comfort zone. I have no idea how my body's going to react, and that might be how a Himalayan peak feels when somebody hasn't climbed a Himalayan peak before. It's all kind of relative. Uh, I have no desire to climb in the Himalayas, but who knows? You start small, and you see where it gets you. People just don't start climbing Himalayan peaks. Our bodies have this incredible ability to adapt. I think it's so, so fascinating. Uh, The same way when I broke that first marathon. I hadn't run 26.2 miles before. I definitely couldn't. But if you train hard enough, if you train your body, if you make your body adapt to whatever you're doing to it, eventually you start small and work your way up.
Coming up in part two, we head for the summit. What's keeping you going right now? Nothing. Nothing? So you're not going to the summit? No. Thanks for listening to part one of three of our Summit for Someone Climb of Mount Langley. Stay tuned for parts two and three coming up soon. I'm the host of Mountain Meister, Ben Shank. Don't forget that we are supported by you, the Meister fans. To find out all of the fun ways that you can help us out, go to mtnmeister.com slash support. Per usual, enjoy doing the rest of whatever you do while you listen to this podcast And until the next time you hear my voice, I'm Ben Shank. Thanks for listening to Mountain Meister.